Hello, 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 and welcome back to season seven of A Date with Sugar and Spice, um, the podcast where I talk about dating and also sometimes we just talk about whether or not uh, it's an actual thing in a relationship that one of the people has to like not like olives and the other doesn't. Like, right? You, right. you back yeah. me up here. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so, there has to be one. Yes. So which one of you? Nobody even knows who we are yet. Hello, okay. my name it's is Sparrow. <laughs> hey, that's later in the script. Come on, we gotta we gotta you go with the flow here. Okay, okay, okay. Just say for now, you're just the one who likes olives and the one who doesn't. I hate olives. I'm the one who likes olives. Okay, Her- heard exactly. And I'm your host, Aspen English. But again, enough about me. We have not one but two guests on our podcast today, and their names are likes olives and doesn't. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have a sister named Olive. Did you know that? I did know I think that. I've told you that. You did tell me that. Yeah. So anyway, um, if Olive listens to this, um, this is for you. Hi. This this is this one's dedicated to you. All this right. Is the Olive episode. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let me let me back up a little bit. If if any of our listeners um, remember last week's episode, I talked with Danny about um, how much we despise French, and that's actually I actually did an an the intro like the hello 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 and welcome back to the i did that in french it was terrifying (laughs) and so okay so sparrow is in my um french class and do we hate french you do i enjoy french i I I dislike the class the class is really difficult but it's just generally hard to learn a new language but i like french a lot (laughs) okay fine well (laughs) i hate french and so but here we are. We're back again with another French-related intro. Um, and um, anyway, let's introduce our guests officially, right? Shall we? Um, we have today on the podcast Sparrow and Luca. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, sure. Um, I'm Sparrow. My pronouns are they, them. Um, I don't know what else you want me to say. I'm in your French class. Yes. I'm a history ed major. Heck I don't yeah. Know. This is Luca. Um, and I'm Luca. My pronouns are also they, them, but I kind of use all of them as well. It's fun and fruity up in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Say that one more time. It's fun and fruity out here. That's, yep. That's again, that's Aspen on the sound effects board over here. Um, <laughs> but continue. Uh, I am a classical acting major, so doing theater here at SU. We are also dating. Oh, yes. We are also... (laughs) Sorry, I should have clarified. (laughs) Sorry, it's a dating podcast, so usually when I have two people, I I do... Okay, that's fair. It's like safe to assume, but it's also much better to just get it out there. That's true. So this is is actually the second couple that I've ever had on this podcast, which is kind of like a fun little um, piece of this podcast, because here's the thing. I, um, I... I... I like to have like lots of guests on my podcast, but I was scared to like ask two people to be on the podcast for a really long time. So the fact that you guys are both here uh, is very special to me. So thank you. I very much appreciate it. Thanks for having us here. Yeah, of course. Buying me snacks. Yes. Correct. I do. If, if anyone needs an incentive to like be on the podcast, I do actually buy snacks or drinks or treats for every single one of my podcast guests because I think that that's the way to do it. So today, let's let's introduce ourselves. We've introduced ourselves by whether or not we like olives. We've introduced ourselves by our names. And how about now we introduce our Starbucks orders? What do you guys think? Sure. All right. 
Sparrow, you go first. Uh, Today I got the blended strawberry lemonade, and it's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it. It's like, it's a slushy. It's just not sweet. I usually get like Thai teas, but Thai tea. I love Thai tea. So good. Favorite. And how about you, Luca? Um, I got a chai latte with oat milk. Definitely iced because I am gay. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's actually pretty good. Not too bad today. I and I. So my order was also an iced chai latte with oat (laughs) milk. Um, I did add some vanilla. I did add some vanilla just for some because I really like sweet things. Um, But also I just wanted to let everyone know if you've been following this podcast from the beginning, then you'll remember episode one. We so I don't know if you guys have listened to the first episode, but we talked about chamomile tea and just like tea in general. So actually I tried chamomile tea for the first time ever live in the studio on season seven, episode two. So if anyone, you know, needs some ASMR of me, (laughs) I brought a whole cutting board and like a lemon and like a knife in this. And we just, you know what though? I, I wasn't a total fan of the chamomile, but since then, this is just an update to the audience. I've branched out and I realized that chai tea, so, so good. And it all started, um, when it was, I had like a, a chai tea iced latte with um, pumpkin cold foam and like vanilla and the spices and it it just felt so nice. And also I usually my like seasonal drink of choice is hot chocolate, but I have since become allergic to dairy and can no longer have it because even no. the powdered, even the powdered like hot chocolate mix has powdered milk yeah, and soy milk. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this is, I that's, did. I was raised by preppers. So <laughs> I, knew I knew how to make my own like powdered hot chocolate when I really? lived in Arizona. Like my mom used to make it. It's Heck just like, yes. it's just literally just like cocoa and powdered milk. That's it. That makes wow. Sense. It's like literally it. And like some sugar. Huh. That's at least so how we did it. Though. Yeah. People have different ways to do it. I, and see, that's the problem because it is so delicious, but yeah, anyway, it yeah. will make me want to cry. So how about <laughs> we get into the actual content of the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Stop talking about drinks <laughs> and your allergy to milk. Yeah, yeah. All, all important things, but maybe, maybe not for today. So how about to start off, I've done this with all the couples that I've had so far um, on this podcast. And by so far, I mean just the one but tell the audience, tell our listeners how you met. Uh, so we actually met on Tinder. Wow. <laughs> so, hey, um, Nate, can we get a tally of how many couples on this podcast have met on Tinder? Yeah, we met on Tinder. Um, and I had been on Tinder for like a couple weeks because I went through a really gnarly breakup at the beginning of last year. And I was very much using Tinder for the stereotypical purpose. I'm not going to say <laughs> what, but we're just going to say that. Um, and then I remember, like, anybody that I, like, matched with, the first question I asked them was what their favorite Star Wars movie was. Um, and why, if, why was that? Because I really like Star Wars. Okay, fair. Um, and I think that if your favorite is not Revenge of the Sith, you are not worth my time or relationship, <laughs> quite frankly. It's the best Star Wars movie of all time. Needless to say, Luca's favorites, they told me, were Phantom Menace and uh, Revenge of the Sith. And, like, I remember seeing Luca's, like, profile and being like, look, I don't even care if we date. I just, there was something so enticing. 
about Luca as a person and not like in a sexual manner, but just like seeing Luca, it was something like, I don't care if we date or not. I just really want you in my life. Aww. Like you are a very interesting human being and I want you to be there. And luckily now we're dating. That's super cool. But we've been dating Heck for almost yes. two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, that is, so our last, our last couple, I think was all, was the, um, last week's guest had been in the longest relationship I'd had on the podcast, not counting like high school things, yeah. but I think you guys just beat it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go. can uh, we uh, can we get some like trumpet or like like <laughs> hold on? Let me see if I've got a sound effect for that. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yes. Anyways, um, yeah. Luca, I want to hear your side of the story. What what did I mean? Did you have any like test questions for Sparrow or like what did you think of their profile? Like I want to I want to hear your side. Um, I had like just recently also got onto Tinder like at this time, and I started off with it like set to like men and women, and then halfway through that, at least I a week into it, took off men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just kind of like flipping through. Um, and it was just like they caught my attention with the pictures and just like their description. And as soon as we started talking, like they started the conversation and weren't afraid to like actually talk rather than like, hi, how are you? Just like random. Yeah, like, or like, like, I don't know. A cheesy pickup line is good. Hey, in moments, baby, but like, let me take you out to dinner. Sometimes it's a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, up, baby, take me out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had actually, I had like gone and like hung out with a couple of people from Tinder before that point. But as soon as I like started talking to Sparrow, I really just ghosted those people really bad. Good. <laughs> I was good. like, mm, nope. I unmatched every single yeah, person. Yeah, I, like, unmatched Aww. everybody. And I was like, no, I'm really invested in this. And, like, it yeah. was really fun. Luca's really lucky that they said uh, Revenge of the Sith because the people that I matched with who didn't say Revenge of the Sith was their favorite got immediately unmatched. <laughs> that <laughs> Without a second doubt. That's fair. You know? Uh, there's there's immediate questions that can just tell you a lot about a person. And so, you know what? you got to find what works for you, and then you got to stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So... So actually, I'm really curious. Um, does does Tinder have like a setting for a non-binary gender? No, no, it's at least not that I know of. Obviously, I haven't been on it yeah. since right. when I met Luca. But at that time, no, it was just men and women, and I clearly didn't. I had I like Luca said, I had my options set for like both because. Mm -hmm. After I got yeah. out of my relationship, I really didn't know like what I wanted. I was in my last relationship for two years. Um, and we started dating when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So I very much did not know what, like, I wasn't sure if I knew what I wanted yet. So I had, like, my options open. But right. Luca was the first queer individual that I saw on Tinder. Um, which it was, was fate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it very comforting like to see, like, no offense to straight men, but I'm just simply not into you. Um, it was just a plethora of straight men. And then I saw Luca, and I was just like, all right, this was worth it. Like, yeah, doing this was worth it. It wasn't all just like hookup culture. I right. found somebody that I wanted to like actually pursue and be with. Yeah. So I and we talked about this um, in the last episode when with a couple that met on Tinder. And do you get embarrassed saying you met on Tinder? Whenever we like, at first, at first yeah. it was a little bit weird to be like, yeah, we met on Tinder because like you don't really expect people 
you don't know what people's responses are going to be. Right. You don't know what their thought, like their stereotype. But I think the more that I talk to like other college students, the more I'm like, oh, no, it ain't that big of a deal. Like, I think there's a lot of like, especially with our generation, like doing things like that on your phone, using technology in a way to meet people in a way. Especially during COVID. Yeah. Especially during the pandemic. Yeah. I think it has lost a little bit, at least a little bit of its like. um, Stigma. Stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Stigma against meeting somebody on tinder and having it be a fruitful and a nice relationship that's good because sorry go ahead you're good whenever like we first got together and like people were asking us like how we met we usually would just tell people like we met online so it was really open-ended um but because like we had told a couple people that we did meet on tinder and we had some like not very favorable responses of just like oh so you guys matched on tinder because you wanted because of hookup culture and it's like no that wasn't why we matched and but it's taken a lot of like explaining to people that that isn't the only reason that like people are on Tinder. Right. Well, it is like the stereotypical reason that people are on Tinder. It's not every person's reason. Right. And I like people to know that like, obviously Tinder is not always used for that. And there is proof that like, yeah, in I us, mean, I've had two works. couples right. on this yeah. podcast now to prove otherwise. Right. And, and you know, sometimes what it comes down to is everyone is going to meet a little bit different and yeah. not everyone has the privilege of meeting their soulmate like face to face yeah right. at the time uh, sparrow was living in Painwich, so i like really wouldn't have met them yeah. just through being in cedar city or in person or any way that was like i hadn't I even applied know. to this college yet whenever wow we regularly really yeah. yeah i hadn't even applied to college yeah and wait luca where did you live so i was here in cedar city okay but i also like i'm from salt lake originally mm-hmm. so i was kind of doing the back and forth for the summers yeah now i'm more permanently in cedar but like we wouldn't have really met there's no way that we would have ran into we each met other. each other yeah. on tinder that's so cool yeah and now and now like even like you both have a circle of friends that you're both like really good friends with and and it like from what I've heard it's just it's become like not just like a wholesome and like like really good relationship between the two of you but also sharing friends sharing like spaces and I how can someone like judge that no matter where it came from yeah for sure yeah I like rekindled with one of my old friends from high school because Sparrow got into my life like really yeah me and my friend were like talking and we had just barely like started to talk together, and then I was like, "Hey, do you want to come meet this person?" And I'm started to see, and like now we hang out every day, and she's my best friend. And she was at her house last time. night from seven thirty till three thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's so like a daily thing. What that? So this is this is literally fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like love to it. Think so I love it. That's so cute. Ugh, I love it. <laughs> Everyone, uh, I just want the audience to know that I love having my friends on this podcast because. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you're just like friends with someone, it's not like, okay, well tell me the origins of your relationship. <laughs> so so this podcast has just brought me some really wholesome stories. So, okay, so tell me, um, I don't have to like tell the audience that we live in a very, a pretty conservative area. Um, right. and yeah. I know where this is going. Right, <laughs> so how has your experience both of you like not aligning to traditional gender roles, stereotypes, or even the genders themselves. How, how has being in a relationship with each other, with both of you, like, you know, experiencing life in this way, how has that, how has that impacted the way you're treated? So, I mean, whenever Luke and I first started dating, I did not identify as non-binary. Um, 
only recently did I start like actually trying to figure out my gender and my identity and what I feel comfortable with. So for a while I did kind of adhere to more feminine stereotypes, but I was a lot more masculine in the way I presented. So that already had some issues because again, I lived in Penguich, which is, I would argue worse than here in, in the sense town. of right. homophobia and transphobia and things like that. Um, so I had to kind of deal with that as it was, but for the most part being here in Cedar and like being an open queer couple, who like, like I say open, like obviously people know that we're queer, but being open in the sense of like, we hold hands walking down the sidewalk when I know that some people even in the city don't feel safe doing that. Right. And it's really hard to see, like to know that people don't feel safe doing that. I only feel safe doing it because my dad taught me how to fight when I was a kid. So like if anybody tries <laughs> to scary up, dog let's privileges, go. right? Exactly. <laughs> but like I think the like one really bad experience we had was recently at the was it the dance recital? Yeah, we were walking over to um, right in front of the, Suma. the dance recital, just right in front of Suma. Recently right, was this recently? Yeah, right across the a couple street weeks from ago. Oh wow. And this truck drove by and we were holding hands and like they screamed, like they screamed at us. um, And like all they screamed at us was just like, ew, that's gross. But it like still hit both of us like really, really hard. Um, So we like beelined into the like audit, like the theater. Right. Just like just sat there and like kind of freaked out about it. Yeah. Because the car like that was the first time that had ever happened to any of us. Drove past us, yelled, drove away. Yeah. Sped up to catch up to us. Yeah. Yelled at us, took off. And that was in public across the street from the school on campus Literally yeah on campus. on campus yeah and we were just trying to go to the dance recital that's really hard especially because i feel like in cedar city one of the safest queer spases is, is suu is campus yeah. so the fact that it can even happen there you know oh for sure yeah. that's for sure. yeah it's, it's no it's, fun it's weird and it's like very bizarre in my brain how this is going to come out weird but i'm not sure how else to phrase this how it took so long for us to experience something like that, concerning how much time Lucas spent in Penguin with me and how much time I had already previously spent here in Cedar. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that it took us over a year and a half to I experience I think a lot that. of it comes from the fact that we like began our relationship at the start of the pandemic. That is fair. Oh, we, so yeah. maybe so you haven't been around people. And had been with each other for like a little while and then the pandemic hit and everybody was in lockdown. And so we kind of got to build and create our relationship a little bit just with each other and not having those like outside like threats or energies and then now that the world has kind of started to open back up and people are outside a lot more and and things are happening more there's probably more of a possibility for those kinds of things to happen more often yeah right the best like the best thing that like I suppose this sounds weird but the best advice I guess I could give to anybody who listens who has experienced something like that uh, because it is the best advice I've ever experienced for myself was obviously surround yourself with people who like support you and like make you feel supported. And that's like Mm -hmm. so commonly said, but really and truly the majority of my friends who like Luca and I share, like we both know very like mutual people. They're all so like protective of us and like understand that these are things that we can go through. And I have not met a single one of my friends who is not willing to like argue back at somebody for that. Yeah. And, like, it kind of sucks to almost say that, like, you should rely on somebody, but if you need to, that's okay. Right. Like, if you need to find a support system that you can rely on in those, like, instances, I highly recommend that people do that because that is something that has really helped me both when I was in high school and I was openly queer in a very, very, very conservative high school. Um, I had to create a support system that respected me and my identity 
as well as would not let like people disrespect me. Right. And that like that's something that's kind of helped us out a lot is we spend a lot of our time with people that we know are safe mm-hmm. and like no aren't going to you know, be di- like like I said, be disrespectful or allow right. somebody to disrespect. And honestly, being part of the theater department Super has easy. really made that a nice, <laughs> easy thing. Yeah. Is that how you say, is that how you would say you've met most of your support group? Or how, how yeah, do you find those sure. safe people? I definitely, you know? like, through the theater department is a big one for me. Just because, like, it's, it's a very tight-knit community anyways. But it also is a community that has a lot of representation in queer communities. And, like, has a lot of, like, knowledge and respect for people like that. Right. Um. So a lot of my friends are from the theater department um, or like the arts department. (laughs) Um, And that is something that's nice to know that there is kind of those people in those places that are safe people. And like I've met people outside and in other like groups that are that way, but it definitely, a lot of them come from that world. Right. And that's so cool. It's so cool that we have that here. Yeah. You know? But earlier, so earlier, Luca, you said something that really kind of like intrigued me. You said that since you met at the very beginning of like the pandemic of lockdown, that you got the chance to build your relationship like with each other, with no one else, like with no outside influence. How, like describe that a little bit more to me. How would you say like the beginnings of your relationship were, especially like how was your, what about like figuring out your gender identity is that something you did together is that something you were able to like work with each other through like how explain explain how how what that experience yeah. was I guess um, so for me I, I identify as gender fluid which means that my gender identity is something that's kind of consistently changing um, which is always an exciting thing and uh, spare was the first person kind of in my life to be willing to ask me my pronouns almost every day and like making sure that I was comfortable in those situations and in those in those things. Um, and with the, with the pandemic, it, it was kind of, we kind of had a weird start to our relationship because we met and, like, we're together. We, like, were together for a few weeks, and then I had to go back home. Right. So I moved home to Salt Lake, and we did long distance for four months. Oof. You left in April and then came back in, like, August. Yeah, so about four months. August, yes, four yeah. months. I can't do um, <laughs> And that was, like, the beginning of our relationship right. was in that long-distance state. So it was a lot of – a lot of it was kind of we had to really focus on really talking to each other and interacting and being more, I guess, like, mentally in a relationship than, like, actually that physicality that comes with relationships, which yeah. I think was really good for us because we were able to just talk and just communicate and be people together. Um, and then when I came back, obviously it's great because we're not long distance anymore. <laughs> and I kind of hated it. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you and came back and then I had, like, I had surgery and I had to live with you for like yeah. three months. Yeah. And oh, wow. they lived with me for a while. And then how was that going like extreme one end to the other? We like, so Wild over end. those four months, we <laughs> only saw each other once. Yep. We only saw each other one time. It was a week before my 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a trip down to Penguin. Luca came and saw me and like my old roommate. And then in August, I had surgery on my right foot. But I had, you know, I was starting classes in September. It was my first year of college. I couldn't like not be here. So I lived with Luca for my recovery process, which is like about two months. But I was here for like three months. Personally, super cool. 
kind of sucked because like obviously I had a broken foot. I couldn't really like do anything. I couldn't really right. be much of a person. <laughs> it was awful for in that sense, <laughs> but it was really nice because like like Luca was saying, we had already known a lot about each other through just talking. Um, so it wasn't like a sense of like uncomfort because it's it's not like you just show up and this is somebody you haven't seen in four months and oh my gosh you're staying with them for three months what what now like what is gonna happen but it's not like we they're a stranger yes yeah, yeah we knew each other even though we hadn't seen each other that much we knew each other very well mm-hmm. and it was very it was really comforting especially because I had had surgery on my left foot in May like prior to my surgery on my right foot and my recovery was not very good I had a really really gnarly recovery from that surgery and like Luca was very adamant that I recovered like correctly from my right surgery, so I was really yeah. grateful. For As that. you should, good job, <laughs> Luca. Took very good care, a caretaker. <laughs> let's, nice. get, let's get some gold star hey. snaps <laughs> for Luca. Thank you. <laughs> hey, number one, let's go. That's really cool. That's it's just it's just cool to me that I don't know. It's a unique. It's a unique timeline of a relationship oh yeah for sure but it worked for you and and you both made it work and I I don't know that's cool it's a it's a cool story to tell even though it's long and like people won't always understand it like it doesn't matter because that's what you both went through yeah for sure I think it's important to note that like while it sounds like a cute little fairy tale story of like oh my gosh like we met each other online and it was just fate like it doesn't it's that's not saying that we haven't gone through like hell our relationship like yeah. right everybody goes through shit in their relationships and that's just kind of what it is um yeah you have ups and downs just like any relationship with anybody yeah and like situations that are within your control and situations that are out of your control i come from a family where my parents are really not accepting and it's really hard to deal with and like go through where their parents are a little bit more accepting and they really like me and I visited them. My parents out with love them. Luca. Sure. Yes. I've won them over. As they should. <laughs> <laughs> and so like going through that kind of stuff that isn't something that you can necessarily control within your relationship, but is something that affects your relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly probably like I, I'm not going to get too into like personal issues in our right. relationship because I don't feel that that's something that I want to share with a public audience, but I can like talk if that's yeah. okay with you about like, the parental differences, like, my my dad had, uh, when I was, like, 17, this is about to get very intense, very sad, uh, when I was, like, 17, my dad um, offered to send me to a psychologist to get my sexuality fixed. Basically, he was threatening me with conversion therapy when I was 17 years old, and I was convinced that I would, you know, never have a parent that wanted to be part of my life so long as I dated like outside of what they expected. There was a rule in my house where I was not allowed to date based on my preference um, until I was moved out. And like my dad had told me growing up, he wouldn't put any money into my wedding because he thought it was a sin and things like that. And then just recently, last year in 2020, my dad invited Luca to Christmas. And like out of nowhere, my dad invited Luca to Christmas. Whereas like I met Luca's parents at Luca's brother's wedding and we had, like, small conversation, but they don't talk to me. I've never been in their house. Like, I don't know really anything about them. They don't know anything about me. And, like, it's, re- it, I don't know. It's just, I, to me, it's super interesting how, like, my parents completely turned around with that and, like, invited Luca to a holiday that is right. very personally, like, important to my family. It's very big in our family. Right. And it's, like, it's been an, inter- it's been an interesting struggle because it brings me a sense of security and comfort knowing that Luca has a set of parents, example mine, 
that truly love and support them and like accept them for who they are. But it it is it is difficult to think about how like there is a potential like this is something that I've known for a while, but there is a potential that I may not have a relationship with my in laws ever. And that's something that like as a queer person, especially here in Utah, you kind of just have to yeah you just kind of have to like it sucks that you just kind of have to accept that that's what it may be. And that's something that I've had to work on since my last relationship. My my ex's parents were Catholic and they did not like me for a very long time. And so I had to accept that like maybe they wouldn't like me ever. Um, But they turn around and I'm sure that Luca's parents will as well. We're working on it. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty funny. I I can vouch. They like me. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a really interesting like, it's a really interesting scenario. Right. It's like, it's nice to know that we have my parents that will be there for us. But it's also really weird. And, like, I'm okay with just having my parents. I love my parents. But, like, right. it's kind of bizarre to not. It, it's not It's not something that, it's something, how, do, how about I say this? It's something that straight passing relationships get to take advantage of. Yeah. It's just, like. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege that you live the, I'm, I'm making air quotes, right, normal, like, quote, like, yeah. it's like, standard, quote, like, expected. Right. It's. It, it, it gets you instant access, instant acceptance into a familial structure. Yeah. And so when you like defy those like societal, like truly just like man-made boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. When you defy those, then you you don't have those privileges anymore. Yeah, you have to like fight for things that people just have automatically. Yeah. Right. And I don't think people even realize how big of a privilege that is. But like, because in a like... We're going to put it like this. My brother is engaged to one of actually one of my high school best friends. Um, And he always tells me about how, like, her parents, like, love him. And, like, they go to, like, holidays with them. And it's so good. And he has such a good relationship with them. And they've been together for less than eight months, I believe. And it's like, dude, so happy for you. That's amazing. I'm so happy you have a relationship with your in-laws. But he doesn't recognize that what he has is a privilege. Right. And that, like, I will, like, I run the risk of never experiencing that ever, ever in my life, I may never have that. Mm-hmm. And he gets that right off the bat. And that's the case with a lot of people. And I don't think like people really realize how big of a privilege that is because people love to talk about like, oh, like I hate my in-laws, like that stereotype of disliking your in-laws. Even that in itself is a privilege. It's a privilege yeah. because yeah. you at least get to at know least you them. Have them. Yeah. At least you get to know them. I don't. Yeah. Right. And it's it, it almost seems to me like you have to like justify your relationship's validity. Is that oh, how yeah. it feels mm-hmm. like to yeah. you? Yeah, you have to you have, you have to, to defend be it. or present the most perfect relationship or they're instantly your partner is toxic because they're a different they're different than the regular couple. Like So what you're saying like is you almost is have to have a you have no aggressive. room for error. Yeah, you have no room for error. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you mess up, then that's you're done. You're done. Like especially in like from family situations like it's very it's very um black and white thinking of yeah unless this person is the healthiest human being on the entire planet then th- you need to somebody else. but like, in reality no relationship is yeah, like that right relationships always are going to have their ups and downs it's two people trying to figure out who they themselves are while working with another person is there anything harder than that <laughs> no <laughs> like it's 
Taxes. Taxes. Something you can't do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll give it to taxes. Taxes <laughs> wins this round. Taxes won. <laughs> taxes won. Relationship zero. <laughs> Question mark. No, but for real, like yeah. I, I, it's something that I, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about, but it really is is an expectation. Um, and it's I guess it's another privilege that heteronormative relationship. Like they get that, you know, you get to mess up and even you get to like, I think like, like you were saying, like the joke about like hating your in-laws, there's like tons of jokes in, in straight relationships too, that are just like that. And like hating your spouse and it's right. like that, how, huh? Like how, how is that accepted? Can we talk about Pinterest sense? moms, like oh treating their husbands like they're yeah. another child? Okay, the way that my mom has always called my dad, like, her fifth kid, it's on a, it's kind of funny because my dad acts like a child, but it's also, like, that's weird. If I, I ever said that about my partner, no. like, the shit that I would hear from that, like, if I, if I talked about my partner the way that straight married couples talk about their partners, oh, my God. Like, you'd get, you'd backlash, get canceled. I would like get canceled. Literally. Absolutely. Yeah. The backlash that I would receive from that, the amount of people that would come at me and tell me that like and I'm would toxic come to me and, and be like that horrible and, like, person yeah like, and like that's just accepted if you're heterosexual it's all it's also put on a letterboard and posted on instagram and Literally. people like like it's it an aesthetic yeah that heteronormative people can get away with where queer people there's there's the in like initial stigma against queer couples that like because it's so ingrained in society that it's a sin because of how big, how, how heavily Christianity plays into society. And this is not dogging on Christianity. I was raised Mormon. I am the first person to talk about, like, this is what it's right. like. But, like, Christianity plays a huge part in society, especially in Utah. We all know this. We talked about it on the podcast hey. before. It's a very <laughs> recurring theme. Fair enough. <laughs> but, like, there's an initial stigma that, like, whenever you see a queer couple that, like, it's got to be toxic. Or, like, there's got to yeah. be something there's bad that, in There it. has to be something wrong with one like, of them. Like, it's almost societally yeah. unacceptable and, like, abnormal to have a healthy relationship as a queer couple. Mm-hmm. And it, like... It's it's just ridiculous that people think that it's some sort of one in a million chance right. for that to happen. But they all, like often assume that you know every straight couple is perfect, right. even if they are more toxic than we are Whereas, and like, like more dangerous to each other than we are. Experience, I've had straight relationships and they were very very toxic and they were very very not good for me. Like I went through some some shit, um, <laughs> but this relationship, I know that I am being respected as a human being. I know that I'm valued as a person and it's something new, which shouldn't be, but that's really cool. And like, there is a sense of because we are a queer couple and because we do have our own things going on, like you're just a lot more aware and a lot more careful and a lot more specific about what you talk about, ask about. Like when Sparrow was, was figuring out their own like gender identity and stuff, it was full support coming from the other side because I know that that's what they did while I was talking about my gender like fluidity like you almost are because of the stereotypes against you it's almost a more healthy relationship because you're fighting back against all of the stereotypes because you have to because you're so aware of the things that you are doing and you're so aware of other people's perceptions or what other people will think what other people will do to you and your partner that you're so much more protective and caring and and specific about the things that you do. Yeah. Right. There's like the age old quote. I wouldn't say age old, but there's this like quote that like has helped Luca and I get through some issues that we've had like in our relationship where like 
it's like whenever you know there's a problem that has like has arisen in our relationship it's like the sense of it's not me versus you it's us versus the problem right but the it, like this tie i swear this ties into our conversation ha- like our relationship feels like the stereotype of it's us against, us against the world, but quite right. literally, us, yeah. it's you, us against you versus everything. the stereotype and what every single exactly. person seems to think of you. Exactly, yeah. and Do it's you, something that we have to work together to like fight against yeah. and prove wrong. Because it's not like we're trying to fight in the sense of like I want to win. It's the sense of like I just need to prove to you that you're live. wrong. I just want I just want you to see what what this actually is and how right. be, how beautiful our relationship actually is. Do you think that there that part of this stereotype of toxic queer relationships comes because of the lack of healthy relationships in in media and in our world? Oh, oh yeah. I think it's sure. so easy to depict a queer relationship as toxic because you like in media and in TV shows and in movies they because are. you can make so much money off of the drama. Yeah. yeah. Whenever that is obviously clearly not real life, it's TV. But so many people see any kind of TV and see it as true. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. And it sucks that so many people will take that stereotype and run with it. Like they'll take stereotypes from like Orange is the New Black when it comes to queer relationships mm-hmm. and lesbian relationships. And that's not it. Like that ain't, that ain't it, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's not it's it. Not. It's, da- it's dangerous to do that to yourself. It's dangerous to think that all like the truth of life comes from TV or like any sort of media like that. I don't think that it's fair to like... I don't know. I just I have a very big issue with the way that queer people are represented in television and media in general. It was something that I like struggled with a lot growing up because like the only representation that like my mother like my mom had whenever I first came out was from television and from her cousin Melissa, who was a who was a gay woman who was not very cool, but not very nice. I don't even like her, but not because she's gay. It's because she's a bad person. Right. But to my mom and to like her parents her being a bad person had something to do with her being queer. Does that make sense? Yes. Like she's yeah, a bad, they like saw, like they she's correlated a bad person. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They connected Causation is not, not equal to correlation. Yes. Let's, let's exactly. get some, yeah, that's, that's, it's funny that, that people tend to think that even though it, it's like a stats principle, like you don't even have to like, I, no. you, all you got to know is some basic like stats 10 math 1040 or something yeah. well and there's the concept of like if you meet one person who's a bad person who's straight you don't automatically think all straight people are exactly, bad exactly but if you meet a queer person who's not a good person it's, it's so, so much, much more common for you to be like ah yes that that is what gay people are and bad it's harder are. it's harder because there are there are more straight and straight passing people in the world yeah. than there are queer people and so especially and i see it in utah a lot especially when people if you've never met someone who's queer if you've never met someone who's trans if you've never met someone who like any like minority quote unquote like label if you haven't experienced them if you haven't made a friend with someone who identifies that way do you really know them i think that even if you do even if you know one right yeah you don't know them (laughs) exactly like because obviously every person you have a different and not one person understanding yes yeah not one Mm -hmm. person can speak on behalf of the entirety of a community i cannot speak on behalf of the entirety of the lgbtq plus community even though i am like queer and trans that doesn't give me a pass to do that and people knowing me does not mean that they know the experiences of queer people nor do they understand that like different personalities of queer people because it's not that like being being gay does not like define you as a human being no at all it's who you are as a person you just just happen to be queer thing like you may just happen to be part of that community that's cool but like i don't know i know like 
it's so bizarre to me that people can so quickly generalize queer people because like obviously I am queer so it's bizarre in that sense but like I know majority of my friends are queer they're all so different maybe it's because I've gone out of my way to only find people who are (laughs) queer but I don't know but like they're every single one of them is so different and like every single one of them expresses their identity and their sexuality so so differently and like no two of my friends are like even close to the same even the ones that identify in the same like yeah even like quote unquote category I guess two friends of mine that which are, like, in and of itself is kind of like a weird little yeah. concept there <laughs> right, but right yeah like yeah like Luca said even friends that, who identify like the same or even similarly are just drastically different because they're different people yeah and i don't understand how it's that's such a difficult concept for some people to grasp because it's so simple yeah (laughs) like it's so painfully easy to understand that people are different right it's just like that so what would you say so as like a i like to like end these podcasts with kind of like a a word to the wise or like a piece of advice to people who specifically may be new to some of the concepts we've talked today. Cause it's sad, it's sad, but not yeah. everyone has met trans people. No, that's, yeah, and, but, but if, what do you want them to understand? How do you want them to empathize with you? There's like, I think a really important thing that goes for meeting people, even outside of the LGBTQ community, somebody who isn't like you, is that there's still people, they're still worthy of love, they're still worthy of compassion, they're still worthy of understanding and validity. And I like, I'm a firm believer and like I highly recommend that if you don't understand something about a minority group, go out of your way to learn about it, but don't learn about it from like a book. Meet, Go meet people who fit in that community and talk to them about their experiences and really try to understand it and try to understand it with an open heart. Because if you go into it with the sense of just like, oh, but this is just one person. Yes, sure, it is just one person's experience. But, the but one person is, leads to another. Yeah, one yeah. person can tell you the story of another human being and then you'll learn so many stories about these communities that will really teach you more than any website or book could ever teach you about the community. You can do so much research about Stonewall, all that you want, but until you go out of your way to meet people who are currently active in the LGBTQ community and like live openly and freely that way, you're not really gonna understand why it was important, if that makes sense. Like you can hear all the, you can read all you want about like trans struggles, but until you meet a trans person, you understand what that personally feels like, you're not gonna get it. I don't know, I just, I don't know, just be compassionate, people are people, take care of each other, that's it. Right, do you have anything to add? Everyone deserves to feel safe where they're at. Mm -hmm. And that includes in your presence. Yeah, that includes in your presence. You, as a person, should make sure that other people are feel safe around you being a safe human being for all different walks of life all different people like it's something that i personally find really really important and i think it's something that other people should value more you know i'm not saying that you have to go out of your way to be friends with every single person you meet and 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 best friends with all of them like yeah you're gonna have your own close-knit friend group but like just generally like people deserve to feel safe and if you do something to go out of your way to make somebody feel unsafe why why (laughs) like why stop (laughs) no (laughs) well thank you so much for both of your not only like your advice but also your perspectives and your unique experiences because i think we need a lot more of your kinds of stories on even even little little small podcasts like me 
And if any of our audience members would like to keep up with Sparrow and Luca after this episode, then you want to share your social medias? Uh, yeah, um, you can follow me on my Instagram. It's socially underscore anxious underscore but artsy. Yes. Very cute. Very much love it. And uh, my Twitter is Sparrow Gray with an A 439. Heck yes. All right. So make sure and give our lovely guests a, you know what, Nate, can we have another round of applause? And thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, as always, yeah, thank you for of having course, us. of oh, course. So and fun. as always, you better, you know what? I hold on. Can we just talk about Spotify rap for a second? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let's do that um, real fast. Someone got SU news podcasting as their top podcast for this year. Woo. And so let me just give a quick shout out to Grady Holm because man, do we appreciate you or what? So take this as your reminder, um, to, to subscribe. And you know, we're on, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple music. We're on the internet. If you just Google us. So yeah, however you choose to follow podcasts us, are, you'll find us. You news. Yes. Ah, uh, thanks. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, as always app.sen and we'll see you next week.